It's clear that obedience and love for God go hand in hand. We learn to respond to God when we hear God. And so we continue to do those practices to help us hear more of God. Welcome everyone to our 93rd podcast, Renew Your Mind. With us today, we have Senior Pastor Paul Gruenberg, we have our family and youth director, Jeremy Teru, and we have our uh, one guest today, Mason Buckingham, and myself, Dana Hall, as the moderator. And this month, for the month of May, we're hearing and discussing different testimonies of the power of prayer. And we uh, asked a couple people if they could join us, you know, in the studio with us, but they couldn't because of other uh, things going on in their lives. So we had a couple people that shared their testimony on the power of prayer via the written word. Um, so we're going to take turns. We're going to go, um, we're going to take turns between me and the uh, pastors, and we're going to read the testimony from Bill Jordan. And he titled this First Communion. And Bill is one of the members of our church at first, at the First United Methodist Church of Gaylord. So I'm going to start off. Uh, these are Bill's words, not mine. And um, he starts off by saying, I was saved on April 25th, 2015 at the age of 62. That automatically makes me a curiosity. The church I attended at the time did communion the first Sunday of the month and baptism the second Sunday. I was excited to take communion for the first time. At this church, the pastor blessed the elements recited the warning from 1 Corinthians 11 about taking communion unworthily. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. And then the deacons pass through the pews with the bread and the wine, actually juice because, well, Baptist. I took the bread, no problem, although the unworthily part of me was gnawing at me. And Jeremy, you want to pick up the next couple of paragraphs? Then the cup. I suddenly froze. There was no way that I could take the cup. I wasn't worthy of his blood. I probably shouldn't have taken the bread because I wasn't worthy of his body either. The deacon was getting impatient at my hesitation. He had pews to serve, but I was trying to figure out if I was worthy of the body and the blood. So he's just going to have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Bill has got away with words. Huh? He does. <laughs> yeah. I was quite sure I wasn't worthy, yet scripture said my sins were forgiven. Impatient deacon, unsure congregant, grace within my grasp, but damnation if I'm not worthy. What to do? Maybe prayer could help. I prayed, Father, should I take this bread in this cup or am I still unworthy? When we taught junior church, we told the kids that God answers all prayers. Sometimes yes, sometimes no, and sometimes wait. Wait wasn't an option here. <laughs> For that second time in my life, the first time was justification. I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. Take the elements, rejoice in the Lord, and join the communion of saints. And yet the other voice was saying, you are unworthy. 
When I prayed for direction, I got an immediate response. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And so I did. And so he did. God knows when you need an answer now. And he knows when you can wait. When you need an answer now, he is there. Praise be to God. Communion was blessed. Or blessed. Wow. I know. That's a great, it's a great um, testimony. Bill is part of our small group. Oh. We get to hear. Bill is part of our small group and we get to hear him and in our conversations. So, <laughs> so he is now the carrier of God's word for us. So he does good. He so does if you really want good. to join a men's group with God's word, you know where to go <laughs> Monday nights. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What, what I like about this testimony here, it, it really brings to light something we've been talking about on our last podcast that praying is not only us addressing God, but listening for what he's going to say. Mm -hmm. And so Bill was praying here and he was coming expecting that God was going to answer him because he was in a moment where he needed an answer. So he was praying and he was listening and he heard the Holy Spirit speak. And, and did you notice how the Holy Spirit spoke? Using scripture from yes. uh, James chapter five. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, Again, that's one of those kind of almost promos to hide God's word in your heart. Um, somebody was talking with me the other day and asking about how you listen or how you know God is uh, speaking to you. And we talked in terms of specific subjects. And there are uh, promised prayer books out there uh, that are defined uh, A to Z through different things we go through, death. Um, anxiety, anger, all of the emotions that we can think of. And then it lists a number of scriptures after that uh, topic so that you can find those scriptures that speak to the specific area that you're interested in. The need to do that um, so that God can speak to you using those scriptures. So when you're anxious, you know, I expect Philippians 4, 6, and 7 to be there. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I can't tell you how that comes up if I get anxious. And that's God saying, putting it before me. Hey, Paul, remember this? Mm -hmm. You know, if you're anxious, give it to me and my peace will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And so by hiding God's word in our heart, we have given God more uh, options, more ammo. I hate to say ammo, but more ways in which he can speak to us about whatever subject it is that we're coming to him with. But those, promise prayer, those prayer promise books or promise prayer books, uh, those are really important if you really want to get scripture about a specific, oftentimes an emotional a word that's tied into an emotion. Um, and that way you can grow, I think, a little bit more quickly regarding uh, being able to hear from God. 
Yeah, I I actually have a confession because I had one of those. <clears throat> I have one of those promise prayer books, and uh, when I first picked it up, I don't know years ago, it it didn't mean anything to me. You know, it was I was an immature Christian. Um, but when you mentioned that, we had we talked about it in our podcast in April, and I found that book, and I thought, oh, I picked it back up, and boy, does it mean a lot now. So mm. I just, you know, I appreciate you sharing those different tools because it was something I'd, you know, long forgotten and just mm-hmm. wasn't ready for at that time in my life. Well, that's a good, great way to put it, too. It's a tool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you want to— um, build a cabinet, you need specific tools in order to do that. Mm-hmm. On one hand, a richer prayer life will be had if you have the tools. I don't want to make it dependent on having tools because God doesn't need us uh, to be in his word to speak to us, but that's the primary primary way. I mean, the big tool for making furniture is a table saw and um, some type of drill and those kinds of things. But you could make one without it. It won't be as good. Mm-hmm. But God is not does not require us uh, to be at, at this point on the ladder of prayer in order to speak to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mason was talking about uh, listening through others, you know, it's, and Michelle had spoke last week about, she was just a kid. She talked to God, right? I had nowhere else to go. I talked to God. So oh, where I read recently where it said the most effective prayers are those that are answered for other people and those who, that have a positive response to what, when God says, Okay, I heard your prayer. Now here's what I want you to do. And if you if that's followed up, mm. those are the most effective prayers. I, it I is that's true. But it I, is. I I think it is. I mean, I think that's effective. We're and, supposed to care about other people, and so it's clear that obedience and love for God go hand in hand. And doing something, yeah, and doing something. So if you're obedient, yeah, if you're obedient to God. Here's what I want you to do. You step up and do it. Well, and I think the, so sometimes we look at that, that's God affirming us and um, saying, you know, it's almost the carrot and the stick. Uh, No, Pavlov's theory, Uh, water and dog with the bell. The dog is learning to respond to the bell. Mm-hmm. we learn to respond to God when we hear God. And so we continue to do those practices to help us hear more of God. Uh, so it's, you know, the dog gets the water when he hears the bell. Well, we become more obedient as we see God working in our life and responding to us uh, in our requests that mm-hmm. are God-centered. You know, Jesus Jesus, every time he prayed, he was heard by God, and he heard everything God was speaking to him. So when there are miracles, and we talked about that on a podcast, uh, when we have those miracles, Jesus already knew God's heart. 
And so when he was asking for a miracle, he was asking already in God's will. Mm -hmm. He already knew in advance whether God would raise Lazarus from the dead or not, or whether somebody was healed of uh, some disease or some demonization or something like that. Jesus' primary focus, of course, in the healings was to glorify God. That would be my question. When you're asking God something, are you asking so that God would be glorified or so that you'll get something that you need? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's well, really that's a good. tough one, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's so easy to forget. So that's a, I mean, we do need to remember that. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, when was the first time uh, you learned to pray or who did you learn to pray from? I would say um, from my mom and dad being being raised in a in a family that prayed, but like like I think most of us have said, I think most of the learning comes from many people of faith in our lives mm-hmm. and being being a part of their prayers, seeing them pray, whether that's spiritual leaders or family or friends. I think we're so shaped by the faith of others, mm-hmm. and um, so yeah, I really think. It's other people mainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And would you so. remember the first time you really entered into prayer or began praying as a regular practice? Um, I I prayed regularly from a very young age, and and I I can remember doing that specifically, being in my room before bed or whatever that might be, and just just talking to God, you know, from a mm-hmm. a childlike place. Um, I do one. One story does come to mind. I was pretty young, and my sister was two years younger than me. And she had come home uh, one day, and she she was talking about we need to accept Jesus into our hearts, or we are not going to heaven. And and we believed in everything. And I thought to myself, Have I done that? I need to do that right now. And I remember going off to my bedroom and just be asking Jesus into my heart. Uh-huh. Even though I, I think at that point I already did believe, but I thought, I don't know if I've specifically done that. So I went and did that. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, probably isn't the only time I've asked him into my heart, but yeah. Probably the only so, time you've less listened to your younger sister. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that's one of the only times. You're right. <laughs> she was right. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. That is funny. How about you, Dana? Oh, gosh. Ask ask me your specific question again. <laughs> well, when when do you remember uh, beginning to pray in your life? When when did you remember oh. talking to God? Yeah, I mean, I have I have throughout my life, but it it's been at a much later age. I I'm sure I did as a child, but I don't really remember. You know, went mm-hmm. to church, did all that stuff, but. Um, not regularly, and I don't remember praying as a child. You know, we did we didn't do that in our household, other than at you know maybe um, holidays and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, as a mom, you start doing that, and then mm-hmm. as my kids got older, I felt myself praying more and more and more. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm just gonna say later in life. Sure, yeah. that's not yeah. later in life. Yeah, that's your kids st- will do that for you. Yeah. They'll give you and, lots of reasons. And you're right. As they go into adulthood, you just keep praying more and more yeah. and more. So, <laughs> so would you say there was a specific uh, way you learned to pray, or was it just a natural conversation with God? Um, 
no, I always felt like I had to do it the right way. You know, that conversation where I asked my friend, you know, how do you pray? Like, I remember being really nervous about asking that question out loud. Mm-hmm. And she shared a few things and um, I'm more tactical. I like to write things down, but now I feel like I'm more conversational, which is pretty liberating. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there were lots of, lots of years of my life when I lived in fear of being asked to pray. Mm. Oh, well, group. yeah. Yeah. That too. And, and uh, just, you know, you don't want to get in the group and have to pray. Mm-hmm. Where that changed, I don't know. I'm, I feel much more confident today if somebody wants me to pray in a group. I think I learned that from my small uh, group. Uh, we kind of passed that around, and I got so I wasn't fearful. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of lot of years in my life where mm-hmm. that was a big, I didn't want that. Oh, I was right there with you. Yeah, especially in a group. Um, we would pray before service, and I remember thinking, "Oh no, I don't want to. I don't know how to do this." But I remember Peggy Jenkins was in our group, and she was a good mentor on how to pray. So I'm going to give her a little credit where credit is due. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And, yeah. and Peggy was sick and couldn't make it to our yeah. podcast today. Yep. But that reminds me that we need to be able to model prayer for others uh, when we're found in those uh, places where it's more of a group, uh, we need to be able to just talk to God and other people, this scares you on one hand, but other people are listening, but it's an honor to be able to be used by God, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to model something that is so important. And so our fear is oftentimes, you know, we'll say something foolish or, or we'll, not know what to say and something will stumble out and we're like, uh, that wasn't any good. It's not a performance. It's, it's just talking to God mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and asking God uh, for his hand upon what is about to take place or go forth. And then, you know, in my later years, it's been more about glorifying God. Whatever takes place, God, I want you to be glorified. I want you to be lifted up, not me. Um, and so the, uh, as I've aged, I guess, uh, I'm always cognizant of, uh, is what I'm doing going to glorify God? Uh, is, is what I say going to glorify God? So I, I think at this moment, we'll, that'll wrap up this podcast. And um, we uh, thank our listeners and thank Mason for joining us as our special guest. We appreciate that. Um, If you want to join us in person at the First United Methodist Church of Gaylord, we're located at 215 South Center Street. And on Sundays, we have a traditional service at 9 a.m. and a contemporary at 1045 a.m. And you can join us in person, or if you can't in person, you can uh, use Facebook or YouTube and uh, stream those services. And uh, you can Google us on the website as well. So thanks, everybody. (laughs) 